That sounds fun, man. It, it's nice to do this after, you know, not having an emotional game to talk about or, you know, going right after a, a loss and have to break it down. So it's a little nicer this time. Uh, we can kind of ease into ease into this one. Yeah, so I the foundation for this pod, I wanted to be something that you and I kind of were bouncing back and forth on mm-hmm. in yesterday's pod, which was, are the Lakers going to attempt to shore up the center position? Right. Or are they going to go all in on small ball? And I thought, and again, this isn't obviously set in stone and a lot can change over the course of the next couple of weeks, but I thought that the two signings that took place today were big indicators of you being right, that they're probably going to go all in on small ball. We, uh, Chandy Brown uh, is actually played in the rotation yesterday, but Jay Huff did not. Yeah. And we did, and we did sign this new guard. I believe Mason Jones was the one who's on the two way mm-hmm. that, that two way deal kind of heavily impl- implies that Jay Huff is probably going to get released. Um, so yeah. we're looking at, uh, Jones coming in and then Jamario Jones, who's someone that Laker fans are pretty <laughs> familiar with. And, uh, and both of those guys are middle size. I think Mason Jones is pretty big for a guard. He's like six foot four. Jamario Jones is undersized. He's like six foot five, but it's just a bull in a China that does all the dirty work stuff. Well, but most mm-hmm. importantly, I think it just was a big indicator that they're they're primarily going to try to play small in this stretch. What did you think about that? Oh yeah, this was a LeBron get ready for center, right? Like like LeBron get ready to play a lot of center because I feel like that's what these uh, two signings pretty much signified. I want to I want to start with Jamario Jones though because we have good tape on him uh, as a Laker and he's kind of bounced around after he left here, but he's a cult hero uh, for us as well. He's not as known as Alex Caruso, obviously, and didn't get the success he's had. But similar type of player, uh, a player that you just, whatever you he gives you offensively is a bonus. I think he's a, I compare him a lot to GP2 out in Golden State, where like if you have a perfect set of players around him, he can be really successful. He just played on a lot of really bad Laker teams. So it was tough to, it's, it was tough to gauge the impact that he does, but he is a really good defensive player. Like he's a smart defensive player, gets steals, leads deflections all the time, big time rebounder, right? And I think it's something we've needed. High motor guy, and I think it's nice to throw these high motor guys in. We'll see how how he plays, but I think like Jamario Jones, just a nice player to have. You know, I think he's on the hardship exception and all that, but yeah, he's a high rebounding guard, and I think that's something this team misses. But you're right, they're about to lean super into small ball, super into LeBron at center lineups. Uh, because I don't think DeAndre Jordan's gonna. It like, seems like his minutes are gonna kind of tilt down here as as we as we go on, and hopefully when Dwight Howard comes back. But yeah, feels like they're about to lean fully into this small ball. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So I think there's a a base like ideology behind going small that I think is really interesting, and it's something that uh, I've harped on a lot over the course of the last couple of years. And actually, the LFR guys hit on today having to do with you know, I, you and I both talked about last night that it's, it's a lot to ask LeBron to be Draymond Green on defense. And you think about all of the physical wear and tear that comes with that. And all of that is relevant here. However, one of the things that we fail to account with this kind of thing, and I specifically was hammering this home with Anthony Davis, but Pete from Laker film room was talking about it as it, it pertains to LeBron asking LeBron, 
to break down an offense when the paint is packed and when everything he does offensively is difficult, that's also taxing on him. Sure. And you know what I thought was really interesting? Did you, and I'm wondering if you noticed this too. LeBron has been jumping to try to block shots more than I've seen him do in years. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah, he loves it, right? Like he's he's trying to he's not just trying to block it. He's trying to swat it out of bounds to like the third row, right? He's not even he's not just trying to block it. Oh, he's trying yeah. to swat shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going, sure. definitely noticed that. He's going for highlight dunks, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that is directly related to the fact that he's been having a, a ten game over his last nine games. I tweeted this out today. I think he's right around like twenty eight, eight and seven on like sixty three percent true shooting. Mm-hmm. and he's averaging over a block a game. That's crazy. And and I think those two things are related. I think LeBron's offensive job is easier than it's ever been, and there's an interesting psychology to it. It's human nature, but it's easier to ask a guy to do the dirty job when the fun part is easy and he's deriving confidence from the fun part. So – when the, when the Lakers are getting down on themselves because their offense sucks and the pain is clogged and LeBron's having a rough night and Anthony Davis is having a rough night, it's hard to then go back and really dial it up on the defensive end. But you're seeing LeBron put in uncharacteristic defensive effort for the regular season. We know he does it in the postseason. We saw him do it in the whole bubble. He had a highlight reel of blocks in that playoff run mm-hmm. that was outrageous. But you're seeing him dial it up on that end, and I think it's directly related to the fact that the offensive end is coming easier to him. And that is the core ideology behind going small and what's super fascinating about this. Yes, we're asking LeBron to do a lot, but his offensive job is easier. However, they needed to have – with those small lineups, it's so imperative that you have these tweeners – that can get the rebounding job done. And obviously Ariza coming back helps that, but Jerry Demario Jones in particular, I think is a guy that will be interesting to watch in some of these small ball lineups, kind of like uh, I'm blanking on his name now, of course, as fate would have it, but that kid who's playing for the net set center a lot. Um, what's his name? Do you remember uh, uh, Bruce Brown? Yeah. Bruce, Bruce Brown. Brown, a similar concept to Bruce Brown, like just, uh, oh, yeah. just a basketball player, not a, not even really a position, just a guy who's doing mm-hmm. the job of, of all of those dirty work things that are needed to be done on a basketball court. And I'm interested to see how Jamario Jones fits into that in the short term. Yeah, and I think the spacing definitely has helped. You see LeBron at the five a lot, and I think that eases his role offensively. I'm just like the LFR guys talked about it, how he can kind of rest a little bit more offensively because he's not breaking down, you know, a paint that's all clogged. I still think, like I think we talked about it last night, I feel, still think it's a lot for him to, you know, anchor a defense as he has to. Um, we'll see how these two-way guys are and these uh, guys on the hardship exception play. But, yeah, it's an interesting kind of concept to look at it because it looks like LeBron's been pretty engaged on that end. I mean, the Minnesota game, I thought he was bad for a lot of it. But last night he turned it on, and I think that's kind of how we'll see it. He'll he'll turn on for games here and there. I'll see how, how it looks when AD's out, right? AD's, out, AD's been out for a while. But, yeah, it's an interesting kind of concept. Or because we're going to need him to be that, and it looks like they're about to lean heavy, heavily into it. Mason Jones, though, is an interesting guy to kind of bring up as well. He's like a 200-pound, 6'4 guard, uh, a lot of skills. I was kind of reading up, reading up on him a little bit. He's more of like a shooter. I think that's something that you can kind of fill in as well. And we're just going to need bodies, right? We talked yep. about it yesterday. We're not, 
not sure how the the COVID situation is going to kind of play out here, at least recent, at least uh, coming up uh, in the short term. You just need players uh, out there, and we need high-motor guys. I think Chandri Brown's a guy that's going to stick. I think he's a high-motor guy. I think Jamario Jones' whole kind of game is high-motor. That's, like, what how he plays. We'll see Mason Jones on the next level as well. Uh, we just need guys to play, man. I thought in that Bulls game, a lot of guys looked tired as well. Uh, playing guys 30, 35 minutes. So hopefully you can just throw a couple bodies at these guys. And I think that's what these signings kind of signify. Who knows if they make the team long-term, but I think that's what they are. And Jay Huff is probably cut, which is interesting because I think center is probably our biggest need on the team. Like just structurally how the rosters fit oh, right he, now. He must have been out. bad. He must have been bad <laughs> in some of their practices yeah. in the G League stuff. Sure. Yeah. We're not behind the scenes and he's a stretch center, right? Which just, fits the archetype you would think this team would like but obviously uh they didn't they didn't see enough uh from him uh to give him any real minutes uh on this team so yeah they're about to lean into this small ball and i think that's what these signings kind of signify you already have isaiah thomas now you throw mason jones in there malik monk looks like he's gonna come back pretty soon so it's a super guard heavy kind of thing here but yeah i I think it's a jan jamara jones is a guy you can kind of throw out there Go get rebounds. Just go play hard for 20 minutes, right? And I think that's what you need in small ball. Trevor Reza obviously is going to fit a lot into that, but we'll see if these these new guys can fit in. But I'm excited to see it, man. Jamario Jones is a cult hero in L.A. Again, not as known as Caruso, obviously, but he, he's definitely in that kind of uh, kind of field. He was, he was loved for his minutes here. Yeah, you know, Mason Jones is probably not going to stick around. Jamario Jones is probably not going to stick around. Isaiah Thomas sure. is probably not going to stick around. John D. Brown is not going to be in the rotation, but... What this yeah. what this is 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 an opportunity to to kind of like spitball some ideas, right? And and so mm-hmm. you, why not try to see what going all in on small ball looks like? Because you can fast forward, and there's going to be a version yeah. of this team where we're going to be playing small ball without Anthony Davis, and it's going to be LeBron, Trevor Ariza, you know, uh, Austin Reeves, and mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, and a Malik Monk, or a Kendrick Nunn, or a, you know, or a Avery Bradley, or a Ken Bazemore. Like, we have all of these, you know, different iterations of this team, and we never even thought coming into the season that we would be using LeBron at center. So it's kind of like a great chance to experiment a little bit and, and, and see, because we've seen LeBron at center with a lot of shooting. What we haven't seen is LeBron at center with guys who are big and strong and athletic that can rebound and run the floor. And we were going to get that eventually with Trevor Ariza coming back. And so now we can kind of test that. But it'd be fun to see a lineup with, you know, LeBron, Trevor Ariza, and Jamario Jones all playing in the front court, just like just flying around, grabbing rebounds, running up and down the floor. It'll be fun to see. And so you can kind of, test out like you know you know th- this is fake basketball i use the, the, that's the phrase that i use uh you know pete called it that uh, he said that it's the nba is not a functional basketball league right now we all have different ways of describing it it is un unrealistic to judge anything but what a great time to be experimental you know what i mean like what yeah. a, what a great time to to throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks see some concepts and and one of the concepts we've seen by virtue of injuries is like, oh, shit, LeBron can play center. <laughs> like, you know, and ideally you don't want to lean on that as much as we're going to have to. I know our guy Vinay has been a big, you know, believer in, you know, leaving that for specific matchups. And to be clear, I a thousand percent agree with him. But we, we don't have the luxury of that anymore because of our situation. You know what I mean? And especially right. especially at the center position 
uh, considering Dwight is really going to be our only functional center when he comes back. So, you know, this is a, it's an interesting revelation to see that LeBron can fly around and do what he does. Obviously we have to tighten up some stuff, defensive rebounding around that, but I'm, I'm excited to see guys, you know, I'm bringing some optimism. This is very glass half full. This is very silver lining, but like, Hey, this is going to be fun. We're going to get to watch some really interesting LeBron James led basketball that we've really never seen before over the next couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm curious to see what it looks like. Yeah, and you brought up Austin Reeves, and I think he's already kind of shown, like, you look at the LeBron at center lineups, and I think Austin Reeves kind of sticks out. That's where, like, the lineups are really great and the numbers look good. He's another guy that just plays hard and, again, plays his role, just does role player stuff uh, that I think you need in those kind of lineups. I said uh, Carmelo Anthony has played a lot while LeBron's at the five, whereas he's at the four, and I think that's where Trevor Reza comes in as well, just can do that dirty work, uh, can move Carmelo to kind of the three, doesn't have to have power forward responsibilities defensively. Again, maybe you can throw Jamario Jones in there, throw all these other guards in there. That just play hard, and I think that's what you need. You need guys who come in and rebound, right? I think that's where it gets taxing. Uh, They talked about that as well in the LFR pod, right? Guys jumping over your back, LeBron having to box out. Uh, I kind of pointed out that play where LeBron was the only one boxing out. But we need guys that go to the rebound, go to the boards, right? Because that's a weakness when you go small like mm-hmm. that, especially when you go with scoring guards. Uh, I believe Malik Monk will be a big part of those lineups as well. Just you need uh, defensive rebounding. You need guys who, are, who aren't who are afraid to get hit in the paint, aren't afraid to get elbowed and stuff like that, just to do the dirty work a little bit to uh, take that pressure off LeBron to do it. Because he's going to have to do a lot. He's going to have to anchor it, be in the right places, be the rim protector, also be able to switch. Like, that's a lot to ask on him and then on the other end i understand the offense is going to be better it's going to have a bit better space you're going to have more playmakers out there but still when it matters it's going to be in lebron's hands so you want to kind of put the pressure off him a little bit still defensively so it's going to be interesting to see if he can hold up i don't know if i want to play 30 minutes of lebron at center though you know for the next four to six weeks i think that's a lot like i still think you're going to have to have some kind of bigs in there uh, or even 25 minutes a game at center. I think that's still a lot, but we'll see how he kind of handles it going forward. Hopefully Dwight Howard is back sooner than later, so he can at least uh, spell some of those because the DeAndre Jordan minutes look like uh, they're just uh, losing points out there uh, per minute. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I think these signings, though, yeah, you're right, signify a move towards small ball that we've been kind of hoping for. We, we were hoping for this with AD. I think we always thought LeBron could play center. We just always – said that it was too taxing and we're going to kind of see how that works out but lebron looks like he's enjoying it he likes it he like like you talked about he's going after all these these block shots you know he's taking the matchups personally when bigs try to go at him you saw like vucevic uh try to go at him in the post he really takes those matchups like personally right he uh he bodies up really nicely he's they can't move him he did it on towns as well i thought in the second half uh, where they would try to switch and Towns would try to go at him and he just couldn't move him. And that's stuff that LeBron can do. Uh, LeBron obviously can do anything on, on the basketball court, but especially at the center lineups, he has the body for it. So we'll see how, how it looks. But yeah, these mo- all these signings kind of signify a uh, move towards small ball. For well, sure. the, the, what you're talking about and his ability to do that stuff on the back line is exactly why I think he's become weirdly underrated in this era. You know, one of the big reasons why I think LeBron is a better defensive player than Kawhi Leonard in a playoff series is because I think what that specific ask is from LeBron on the back line to fly around, protect the rim, guard post mismatches, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think especially in a playoff environment, that's so much more valuable than isolation defense when, you know, when I can I can use certain actions to get you to switch and most teams go to switching and 
the the defensive rebounding part is really interesting because I wanted to get to before we get out of here and thank you guys so much for coming to hang out. We're we're not going to go super long tonight. We're probably only going to go another five ten minutes. But the I asked for some questions and one of the questions that we got was from our friend George. He said, uh, "How does the team play game plan on rebounding? Do they have set player that will find a body to box out others, grab the ball, or is it all communication on the floor? It's it's." it's all an order of operations. When the shot first goes up, you absolutely have Mm -hmm. to find your man. That's the first thing you do is you find your man. After you find your man, you make a read on the ball. If you see the ball come high off the rim and your man is out of the play, that's when you disengage and you sprint and you jump to grab the rebound. If you see it coming at you, the last thing you want to do is jump. If you see it coming at you, you have to stay low and you have to push your man further and further out and trust your teammate to come get the ball. But that's the biggest issue. If you watch on that pivotal possession of the game last night, LeBron blocks, blocks to Marta Rose, and then there's a kick out. I think it's Kobe White or somebody. I can't remember who it is. Someone shoots a three on the opposite wing, and they miss. So they actually give up two offensive rebounds. Yeah. On each of the plays, different guys are boxing out. Like, Ariz is boxing out on the first one, but you know LeBron's out of the play because he falls down to block the shot, but like no one else, no one else is yeah. boxing out. Then on the next play, like, LeBron's boxing out, but like Trevor Reese is kind of walking around. And so it's like, it's one of those things where on those, for those sequences to work, everybody has to do the job. It's, it's, it's a team effort, defensive rebounding. And, and, you know, I think the group, the unit was heading in the right direction in terms of getting that polished up, but now we have all these new guys in. And so it's hard to just kind of, um, you know, have that continuity of habit from someone who hasn't put on the Laker jersey either ever before or in a very long time, you know, to come in and, and do that. Yeah. Um, our other questions, let's see. Yeah, a couple people asked, uh, who do you think is going to get dropped? I think we, Raj and I both talked about earlier, we expect it to be Jay Huff just because Jay if Huff. there was any chance he was going to play or he was going to stay, he would have played last night. Um, what do you think about trading DJ Nunn and Bays for anyone? Raj and I hit that last night. I'm pro trading him for a center uh, Raj is pro uh, just holding on and waiting to see what things look like in January, which I actually agree with. Um, let's see. Well, there was, I, I, there was one question that I think is interesting because they said how to, uh, I can't find who asked it. If I find it out, how can the Lakers cover for it on defense? Is that one? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. 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 I think that's really interesting. Cause I, cause rewatching the game yesterday, I thought, I thought they did a nice job kind of trapping DeMar DeRozan, right? And they did it pretty strategically. Like, they waited for him to go on a spin move. They waited until he, like, took two dribbles. I thought they really threw him off his game. And then they just let him play isolation basketball, I guess, uh, late late in that game. And I don't think that had anything to do with Isaiah Thomas, right? Because I think he was on the floor for some of that as, as well. Maybe they put in Rajon Rondo. But I think that's an interesting thing. You're going to have to cover for him. That's just the kind of game it goes with it like he's going to be picked on uh, but what do you think about that because i think you're going to have to trap do different things go into zones as well uh lebron at center lineups i think kind of go into more switching uh like they did with ad but i could see them going more zone Vogel played with it a lot um i'm not i don't think we ran too much of it against chicago what do you think about that covering i guess for it and i think that goes with a lot of our guards right malik monk as well is a guy that gets picked on and i think it's something that we're gonna have to deal with especially uh, without AD anymore uh, to clean things up. LeBron's going to have a lot of load on, on him to do that. So what do you think about covering, I guess, for IT? And just not IT, because I don't want to just pick on him, but we have a lot of small guards that, that can be picked up. No, this is super way. interesting, and, and we'll, 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 we'll hit yeah. this. This will be our last one, and then we'll get out of here. Otherwise, my wife will kill me. So the, uh, I, 
we are better as uh, this is part of this is part of the way basketball evolves. We're better as a league now. The NBA is at covering for inferior defenders. We've we've talked a lot about this right. about the different ways that we can scram guys out of mismatches or pre-rotate or you know uh, you'll see it a lot in the post like well then if they as they're making the post entry pass he's just like sprinting over and guarding the guy or it, 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 like it's I, I ironically towards the end of that game I thought Isaiah Thomas was more of a problem in terms of defensive rebounding and covering ground in rotations mm-hmm. like someone else would get beat off the dribble the ball would be swung around and IT would have to get from like the top of the key to the opposite corner. And he just can't cover that much ground that fast, you know, which, which again is still Mm -hmm. a disadvantage, but nowhere near as much of a disadvantage as on ball issues that can come with him. So ironically, I'm, I think the league and the Lakers in particular are are more suited to, to help and, and recover and, and scheme your way out of that mismatch in particular than it was in 2017 or 2018 when it was in his prime and, and it was a huge problem. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm less concerned about that particularly just and Isaiah Thomas is not really relevant. I think right now he's playing for a contract elsewhere. Uh, that that's it. And, and I, and I think he looks great and I think he probably will get that contract, which is, which makes me happy for his sake. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, in the future in a playoff series, like scramming Malik Monk out of specific situations. Yeah, like the, the, you can learn a lot from that over the course of this stretch, which is a great example of what I was just talking about. Like what a great time to kind of, you know, game like uh, to just kind of experiment with this kind of stuff and see what works. Yeah. And you brought up the scramming. That's what I was going to go to next. Cause I think they've gotten pretty good at that. And that's something that, again, that was process that was building. I thought they were, uh, kind of moving in the right direction with that. You see Melo scram guys out all the time. You can hear it on the broadcast, actually. You'll hear him say, get out of there, get out of there. So he'll like go and scram switch. LeBron will do it really well, too. That's just stuff I think they're improving on, and it sucks that we're about to get all these new five-man lineups and all these new players that have never played together because I thought they were kind of building some chemistry in that. But, yeah, that's the way, I guess, to answer. Uh, I'm not sure if you found out who asked that, but uh, to kind of uh, cover for IT or cover for other players. Scram switching, trapping, that's all stuff that, Again, the league has kind of moved forward to where it's a lot tougher to pick on guys, right? You saw in the playoffs as well. It's a lot tougher to just pick on guys like Trey Young because uh, defenses are really good at making you have to work for that. The Knicks tried it, and it will take like 18 seconds of your shot clock trying to pick on Trey Young, and it just becomes uh, you know, a fool's errand to try to do that if you don't have the personnel especially. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think it's a fascinating thing we're about to go see. Hopefully, you know, we're going to get a lot of small ball. Hopefully, it's, some of it's fun get some uh, good basketball here and hopefully keep, keep up and get some wins too. Uh, I don't want to, st- I hope they don't just, you know, fall off a cliff here. Uh, even though, you know, you have, you're, we're going to be shorthanded. Going Dude, forward. it's, it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting couple of weeks. I, I, I am, I'm very excited Man. to see it. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. Like I, we're working on, on trying to do a little bit more of a daily type of deal. And uh, I appreciate you guys taking mm-hmm. the time to, uh, to quick hit on this. For those of you who joined in late, this will air on Dash Radio tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It will also be uh, on our podcast feed here in about 20, 30 minutes. We did talk about, we talked a lot about the identity of this team moving forward and the strategy to cover ground over the course of this next couple of months without AD. And we talked a lot about how they're going to be going in on small ball rather than uh, uh, trying to get centers back in the lineup. It was a good, it was, it was a good, interesting one. So make sure you come check out the pod. If you joined late, thank you guys as always. And we will see you tomorrow night for the game.
Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone.